Welcome to the Fuel Lift Thrive podcast, where we talk all things fitness, no-nonsense nutrition, and lifestyle transformation for the modern-day woman who's ready to quit the diets, ditch the scale obsession, and fall in love with being strong. Hosted by yours truly, Alessia Donato, opinionated Italian, lover of all things iron, who also happens to be a certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, life coach, and owner of the Body by Less online nutrition and fitness program. So grab yourself a coffee as we get open and honest about what it takes to build a strong, fit, and healthy body and mind from the inside out. another episode of Fuel Lift Thrive podcast. I'm your host Alessia. I can't wait to get going today. I have a special guest with me, good friend and fellow coach Lewis, who is a women's strength and nutrition coach. And he is all the way from the US. And yeah, welcome Lewis. Hello. Thank you. Hi, how you doing? (laughs) Very well, thank you very much. We had a little previous chat before this, and this is kind of funny when it's all of a sudden like podcast time. <laughs> podcast, yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, so yes, I do live in the U.S. But actually, I was born in Lima, Peru. I lived there for twenty years or so. Yes, which is even cooler than the U.S. Peru, man, that's amazing. No, no, no. it's fun. We have a lot of food. Yeah, I've never eaten Peruvian food. What's a oh, we- Peruvian dish? Oh, okay. So don't get me on this because we have 28 out of the 31 microclimates in the world. We can grow and cook pretty much anything. We have every single, almost every single culture in the world has at some point taken into residence in Peru, like that, you know, migrated to Peru. So we have Germans, Italians, Koreans, Chinese, anything. Oh, we have a Chinatown that is bigger than New York's Chinatown. So that's, that's, uh, yeah, you can, I'll, I'll give you some spots. I'll, I'll do some research for you so you can check it out in Dubai. But I'd love to go. You got to know your spots. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to actually talk about everything women's strength training and getting strong as a woman. Most women kind of always focus on the typical fat loss goals. And, um, you know, I think generally based on my own experience uh, with clients and even on myself, when I first entered the industry, women are generally afraid of strength. Um, afraid of getting bulky, afraid of, you know, turning into a bodybuilder or some, some crazy version yeah. of that. So today we're talking all about strength training and I'm excited to chat with you, Lewis, because, you know, you focus so mostly on women's strength training, getting yes. women strong. So um, yeah, tell me a little bit about, you know, what you do and, and why you do it. So... Okay, so one of the reasons why actually I, 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 I became a women's coach especially was because I realized that uh, a lot of or a few or just a number of uh, strong women helped me in life. Uh, I grew up with women. I grew up with eight women, aunts, my sister, my cousins, my, you know, anywhere else, my grandma, my mom. Um, and I was always, and all of my, all of my best friends were women. And I realized as I moved along in life uh, that there were super strong women that were helping me as a guy uh, pretty much flourish in my health and uh, either mental health or physical health. Um, And I just wanted to kind of open that conversation. And when it comes down to that, uh, one of the main reasons why I'm in love with strength training for women is because it's something that comes from within them that they can actually keep, it's like they get to know themselves even more Mm -hmm. and they get to realize, oh, well, I mean, I didn't know I could look this good or I didn't know I could be this strong. And and the best part, hands down, is when they realize that they just see themselves under a different light, not not because of how they look specifically, but realizing that they have more energy or they can do many more activities or they can just be more they can give more time to themselves because they're healthier 
Um, and that, that just expands, you know, uh, their lives in, in, in a very, you know, healthy way, if that makes sense. So, Absolutely. um, I definitely have seen, I definitely have talked to many women that, you know, like you said, you know, like they want to go for the stereotypically safe route mm -hmm. of lifting very, uh, very light, uh, and, you know, doing a lot of reps and just doing aerobic training kind of stuff or cardio. Uh, because they didn't want to get bulky and I, I got to a point where like instead of doing a one-hour conversation about how that is not true or that's you know or or you will have to do a lot of work for you to get to a bodybuilder level of physique yeah. right um yeah. instead of doing that I normally and I think I made a post about this last week yeah. uh instead of when they asked me because one of them asked me uh last week if she if I could incorporate some lightweight training because that's when she felt the best the last 10 years of her life whatever time was when she stopped training i was like yes we can how about we talk about how that can impact your goals so you see when i get stronger uh let me ask you what does that mean normally that boils down to i want to be confident and i want to do more things on my own and i want to re rediscover my own strength my own beauty uh, that has a lot more to do with external factors, but more like being more into what they, what, whatever, uh, whatever their career is, whatever their passions are. Um, and, and when I tell them, okay, great. So we can do this and we can incorporate this part as, as some part of your training. Uh, but just know that it may take those goals that you have maybe a little longer or just take a little break. We can do that as a break. But uh, immediately, those that kind of routine is going to probably get you a little more um, endurance-based goals. You know, your your VO2 max is probably going to go a little a little better in a better healthier way. Uh, you may be able to have uh, less problems breathing. But when it comes down to strength, may not be the best route available to you right now. We can. So I don't say no. I just say we definitely can. Let's see how the time that we use doing that. Is going to impact your goals and then we have a conversation instead of me saying you know let's just not do that or that's not what i do or anything like that because i've seen that and it's like you're they already are putting themselves on the floor with you and you have the option to have a conversation about this yeah. you don't want to be the person that shuts somebody else down because they have a slight misalignment between goal and and training right you and I always open the conversation. So, yeah. Have you found, um, you know, that it's <clears throat> quite typical with women who, you know, come to you and, and, and want that, you know, low, uh, high rep, low weight, pick up the pink dumbbells kind of thing. Do you feel like you need to really educate the clients that, you know, have that kind of mentality? So, yes, it, it, it's, it's a definitely an education process, but I feel like it has more to do with, uh, with an experience. So when they look for me, either online or when I'm, uh, we're, we're, we're there, just reach out to the gym that I work at. Mm -hmm. um, like today, for example, like I got a referral uh, from the director of, of that gym and she was like, hey, Liz, uh, women's, women's training, uh, strength training coach, he works with women, yada, yada. Uh, so I'm going to talk to this person about her goals. Uh, but my point here is whenever that happens, um, in the beginning, I feel like if we click as a coaching team, what I call a coaching team, just two people, just like bouncing, you know, training and, and being coached, uh, it starts with trust. It starts with being educated. It starts with, you know, like, let's say how we're going to get there. And one thing that I like to do with every single client is I tell them how I'm going to get them there. Mm -hmm. Because the more I tell them that they're in control of their process, mm -hmm. the more involved they're going to be, right? There's a total difference. I had a client that wanted to uh, get super strong. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things that uh, we could put, put in her program, besides a bunch of plethora of like, you know, many other choices mm -hmm. was, was deadlift. And before we even got to part that part of the of, of the period, which was like maybe month five or six, she was deadlifting her own weight and she was super proud of herself. And that was amazing. Right. So it's like you expose her to, okay, well, we're gonna do this. We're gonna start on this on this phase. 
and they were going to make it a little harder, more challenging in a way that makes sense to you and your energy levels and lifestyle and recovery, right? Um, and then we're going to grab that process and we're going to choose a couple of things to get stronger at, and then we're going to give the other muscles rest. In all that process, it doesn't start with the client trusting me, mm. but it starts becoming an experience for them. Because if in this first session they see they ask I ask them okay you're gonna do ten reps of this of this once whatever set mm -hmm. and then the next uh, week I do the same thing but you're gonna do a little more weight and then the third set in the third week they, they I slowly increase the weight but they are they're capable this whole time they may be challenged but a little but they be, still are capable they stop trusting they stop only completely relying on my knowledge. And they start trusting their own strength and their own capacity to go like, oh, yeah, I can definitely do that. That makes sense. I obviously don't tell them the math behind it because that's boring. <laughs> and I don't have to. I mean, that's going to be time wasted. But whenever uh, whenever I really want to impress them, and there's, no, there's nothing like it. Whenever I want to impress them with their own strength, I tell them, here, this is going to be fun for me. You're going to do this much weight. And sometimes they'll say, are you sure? Mm -hmm. I don't think I can do that. I'm like... You, and I tell them, you've done this before. You just haven't realized it yet. Mm. Uh, and then I just change a couple of things. I increase the weight and they are able to do it with flying colors. And they're super proud of themselves because they see the achievement that they didn't yeah. think that was possible. I so know. it starts with trust, but then ends up being kind of with trust in themselves and then with empowering themselves to, you know, become stronger. And that eventually just, you know, uh, bleeds into a lot of, Faces of their lives, which is yeah. the, the and, I, and it reminds me of one of my all you know all time favorite clients. I'm going to give her a shout out, Kate. Um, she's absolutely amazing. She she's just blown me away with her strength. Um, we started, you know, just about six months ago, the beginning of January. Um, she was, you know, always that kind of um, person who was afraid of of weights and and just from bad experiences and doing things like you know group classes where you just don't get that same attention um and you know she she's slowly very very slowly in the beginning kind of was afraid of doing things but then she started getting more confident and um, like you said like it's not the trust in me but it's more the trust in herself and right. that's probably what happened with your client as well and that building that trust that they can trust themselves to to do or to push that way and to to push themselves in that moment and i'll never forget with with kate my client she she sent me a message like one day and this is like maybe two three two and a half maybe three months in our coaching um she just literally just walked into the gym on her own just to practice like that's it like on a day off you know of our sessions she just went in practiced, and she sent me a message that she hit a 60 kilo hip thrust and, oh, that's awesome. that was, and that was like three months in you know and this is something that is is so huge and and then just a few weeks ago she sent me another one where she's like man I, i've just done a 95 kilo hip thrust nice. and i'm like i am so proud and she's just so like she just trusts herself you know that she can and this is someone who couldn't squat even you know and couldn't even do a, a, a goblet squat and and go below parallel with a body weight squat you know and this is now like just six months down the line with the right programming and the right guidance and helping women just feel like they could trust themselves because I think there's just a lot of, um, there's just a lot of fear, you know, around kind of like what their body are, is capable of. And I love right. that. I, I yeah. think that's why we do it, you know, that kind of brings me to this one question that I do have is, um, do you think women should, you know, to get strong, do you think women should be training differently than men? Or is it something that is kind of universal with strength? So yes and no. I mean, so so you know I so one of the you know this about me. Uh, one of the ways and one of like quasi religion that I have is that if I'm gonna get someone stronger, I'm gonna train their glutes. Every single program that I've ever created has a lot to do um, with uh, with glute training. Now there's a difference between glute hypertrophy, which is 
growth of glutes and strength training for glutes. Uh, Both of them are very, I think that they're very correlated, Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a difference between, you know, getting stronger glutes and and, and bigger ones. You can get bigger ones without really that much load even, but uh, you you will need to eventually increase your weight to support the strength training of your glutes. Um, So, the way I like to explain this for anybody, either man or men or woman, um, is that you will need uh, every single person has a pelvis that works slightly differently. Just think about squat stances. Some people are going to prefer a little bit more sumo stance than standard stance or even narrow stance. Uh, I mean, for a squat, for a deadlift, for anything, you're going to see that. It's, for example, I mean, talking to uh, one of my friends, she's uh, she's a coach here in Virginia. No, she's in Maryland, the state nearby, and uh, she and she and I, we have almost identical femur lengths. Uh, and she's a woman, and I'm a guy, <laughs> right? So, technically, the same way that your pelvis behaves, you, it kind of tells you a little bit on how. Uh, how you strength training probably would uh, benefit you the most. Also, you have guys that are, uh, they have like their clavicle goes a little bit, a little bit further out. So they have the capacity of grow, growing their shoulders a little bit more. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's it, it kind of has to do with genetics and it has to do with goals. So I wouldn't say that necessarily has to do with like women training differently than men. Obviously, women have a little better chance of developing, you know, lower body, uh, but it also has to do with genetics, like uh, the same way that I know women that don't need to really train much for their glutes to be mm-hmm. bigger than bigger than the average. Yeah. I, my glutes are not like super huge. They're strong. They're the stronger, the stronger part of my body, but they're not huge, right? Not only because of my gut, but also because my genetics suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so and I'm okay with that. But you know, like I found ways to kind of just train for 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 power, for strength, and things like that. But my point is that it really depends on their goals and genetics. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily that some um, they have to train much different. But keep in mind that there are other there are parts of their body that are going to be a little more developed in some parts of their body that for aesthetics yeah. or for uh, for you know for that kind of for that those kind of goals they're going to be kind of there for example if they a lot of women think that they shouldn't train like chest exercises or anything like that because they're not visible right uh, however you need to train chest if you're going to train your back in a coherent way some women don't like to train shoulders i have uh, one of my friends uh, she's a coach for revive stronger um and the the company by steve hall and she loves training delts and calves so great so i mean it really depends i mean some keep in mind that my preference for or my probably my 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 connection or uh with women uh has to go all the way down to the way that i was raised right and all the way down when i moved to the states and i saw you know like the difference that they were making and i wanted to just be part of that in 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 the in, in, in the place that i could in mind that I'm a guy, <laughs> so that could be a little challenging too. But my point is that I was, I had that mentality that my, that is also going to define my goals. Sometimes I'm going to see that uh, I may want to train shoulders more than the average person, right? Uh, because I think I appreciate, and I've been connected with people that look great with their shoulders popping out. Yeah. But I, but if I have been not exposed to that environment or th- that kind of ideology that allows me to have those type of goals or prefer those goals, I'm not going to train my shoulders that much because I don't care about that. So it really depends on that. Because, you know, just up until maybe I would say 10, maybe 10 years ago, I mean, glutes were not really that much in, you know, like people didn't really, we, we did squats for glutes, you know, now we know right. that squats, yes, can build glutes, but it's not the most optimal exercise for glutes. But yeah, right. like, I think, I think what you're trying to say at the end of the day is really it's dependent on the goals as well. I, I do think yeah. that one thing I would like to add um, is I've noticed a difference um, 
because I don't train a lot of men. I do have some male clients, um, mostly for weight loss, not for, you know, hypertrophy, but they end up wanting hypertrophy or muscle building for those who don't know what that means. But, um, I would, I, I do think that women in general have much higher, um, tolerance for discomfort in the sense that the volume that I, you know, program, I mean, basically my, 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 my women clients, um, do much better with higher volume versus my male clients. I've noticed that most male, um, clients that I've had generally do better with less volume. So, um, I do find that that's the case. And, um, but I also think that it's important to just point out that yes, it is dependent on goals. Like you said, like some people want to train more, uh, you know, more legs or calves or shoulders. I love training shoulders. I love a good set of nice delts. Um, but I also think again, because if you look at strength training, strength training encompasses hypertrophy power and strength but hypertrophy and physique goals are very different than just purely strength goals because you Uh, absolutely absolutely and then a lot and and, and then a lot of people just misinterpret the whole thing and there's actually been like so many discussions about it but because it comes down to do you have to be big meaning bigger bigger muscles to be strength, to be strong, or do we have to be strong to be big? And they're super interconnected. I think uh, Dr. Eric Helms from uh, from 3DMJ uh, is one of those people that actually has a conversation down a lot better than I probably could explain in the podcast. Yeah. But uh, but technically, yes, and and that is perpetuated by. I mean, I don't want to say only man, but I mean, you see, I mean, there's a total different thing to uh, to go look like crap. And go and go to the gym and do whatever you have to do and get out, which is normally what a training session looks like for 99.9% of people, than to train and then have, you know, like background music and, you know, like, uh, and have a supplements, you know, like tubs around you and all. I mean, that's, that, that's never going to work. That's, that's not, that's not what a working session is. Uh, but I think that we have uh, a little bit of perpetuated this concept of like, why am I not getting bigger if I'm lifting more, right? When it comes down to hypertrophy, there's an L, the most important element is progressive overload, which is in a fashion that makes sense, slowly grow your challenges in regards yeah. to, doesn't really need to be, even, right? And it doesn't even need to be uh, for like weight related. Uh, it could even be rep related. It could be tempo. There's so many ways. Like I trained during the pandemic with only dumbbells and resistance bands. And I still had the best physique I had up until that point. Mm-hmm. Being given that obviously probably I didn't have much more responsibilities. Yeah. Uh, and I had a chance to keep my nutrition down mm-hmm. and I didn't have a chance to go out and have takeout or anything like that. But my point is that it, like, it lift, like lifting heavier or, or just doing more like nonstop it's one of those things that people just get confused. I had a request from one of my clients that wanted to just get, uh, he, he, he asked for a template for him to work with. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can't just give you a template. I need to know how you move first. So I did a movement evaluation. I found out that he had a previous surgery, knee valgus on one side. So his spine was a little tilted. So of course I'm going to, I was like, if you don't want to, get coaching or train periodically, I can't give you something that is going to progressively not hurt you, but I'm going to give you a safe way to train. And we're going to reconvene maybe in a month or so, whenever the mesocycle, you know, mesocycle normally stands for like four to eight weeks. And he was extremely surprised Mm -hmm. that he wouldn't be able to use this program for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. Because people think that, oh, you mean, I, I, I asked him, When's the last time you deloaded? And I explained what deloading means is, you know, like just taking a little break or, 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 or going back to reset mode or learning new movements. Like normally that's the first week of training. Uh, he couldn't remember because people think, especially men, especially men, because we are driven by ego. You yeah. Know? Like we don't like to leave the ego at the door. We want to lift as much as the next guy. 
right? The irony of this is that hypertrophy-wise for muscle growth, you actually don't need to lift your heaviest to get to get strong, like to get to get bigger, to get yeah. bigger muscle growth. Yeah. You can actually do a lot of, uh, depending on the muscle group, obviously, depending on fast and slow twitch scenarios. Um, I remember I did a lot less chest and my chest grew a lot more than ever before. And I did a lot less, a lot more variability for glute training and my glutes grew um, in the last bulk that I did. So it's a little ironic, but it also, it's at least in the, in the what I've seen so far, um, is that competition that we seem to have with, uh, with other people is like, oh, she's lifting that much and she looks that good. Yeah. So uh, screw what science tells me about her nutrition and her recovery and her resting periods and all that. And her and background, do, her training. Her, and her background and her genetics and, wow. you know, and her, and her uh, and, and, and her capacity to actually dedicate time to her fitness. Mm. Maybe she doesn't have that much time and she goes there like twice, twice a week. And you think that obviously because she looks so good, she she must be there like four times, five times, six times a week. And you know, and nobody asks, nobody will, nobody asks. They're not going to approach her like, hey, you know, can you tell me your split? Some people do, but most people are not going to ask somebody else, hey, how was your split or how do you train or what do you consider the most? And even if you were to get an answer that is five minutes long, you're never going to get the whole spectrum. Totally. Uh, and that's so and that and that's kind of what's broken. So, yeah. Tell me one thing. Why do you think I mean, outside of building a good set of, you know, glutes for you know, this, for the sake of having a nice ass, why mm -hmm. should we train glutes? Like what's, what are the benefits outside of just a nice butt? Um, um, glutes. Why glutes? Why glutes? Okay. So my story with glutes, uh, I used to have a lot of back problems, lower back problems. And when I discovered the hip thrust, uh, which you know, is my favorite lift ever. And actually the one that I can that was, I, I mean, I, I actually run a, a few, I mean, personal studies on that. Um, because actually, you know, you'll be surprised. There's not a lot of research on glute training, which makes sense because companies are going to fund, you know, cancer research more than anything. Uh, and, you know, like things that actually matter more <laughs> than, than aesthetics, right? Um, but in the limited, you know, glute training um, information that we have out there, data, um, by literally anybody out there, uh, you will find that if you train your glutes to at least get a stronger glutes, everything else just gets better. And I'm not going to go generic. I'm going to tell you, if you're a runner, you can run faster uh, because the stride gets longer mm -hmm. and the power increases. Mm -hmm. So your po so developing powerful glutes for a runner means that they can run faster, right? Um, uh, the developing power, uh, developing powerful glutes for a power lifter, it means that they can lift more. Actually, you will be surprised at how much your upper body strength can grow if you make sure that you train your glutes for strength, because your uh, your lumbopapal complex, which is pretty much your pelvis and everything around it, uh, which involves your quad, hamstrings, and a bunch of stuff between your abs and your back and your chest, are extremely interconnected. There's I'm, a, I'm also a corrective exercise specialist, so uh, some, some, a surgery that somebody may have on their right big toe, it could have an impact on the left shoulder just because of the cross, uh, correlation that you have between shoulder and traps and glutes. So if you have one leg that is stronger than the other, you may have some trap, not, not all the time, but sometimes I've seen a trapped imbalance mm -hmm. on the other side, because that's a correlation that we have. So pretty much if you train your glutes. Uh, not necessarily for the aesthetics part of it. Again, there's uh, hypertrophy uh, training, there's strength training, there's powerlifting training. But if you incorporate some sort of glute training and make it variable, uh, like make it, you know, in, in a sense that, uh, you know, like not only squats, like you said before, yeah. um, and I'll go a little deeper later on, uh, you will improve everything else you do in your, in your training. Like everything just gets better, it gets safer because the base of our strength is going to be in your, uh, in your pelvic complex. 
So if you make sure, think about uh, building a house and adding more floors, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine working at the foundation and adding more concrete, more reinforced concrete, more, more, more base, more strength, you will have the capacity to build more and build better. Right. But if you stop, but if you don't, if you stop training or you, uh, or you just completely disregard it uh, for more than one minute, um, I wouldn't say one minute cycle, but like, like a whole year or something like that. If you completely disregard the training, that base is going to start to crumble apart. So you make sure that everything gets better by making sure that you have strong glutes because that's where the power comes from. Definitely. I mean, so many exercises require that hip power and power in the hips and um, I, I know for myself, when I, I first started hip thrusting, you know, I was introduced with glute training specifically, I'm sure you all know who, who I'm talking about, Brett Contreras. Yeah. Um, you know, he, I did his like, this is like back in 2000 and maybe 12, 13, started yeah, a, his like curve, uh, strong curves, you know, it was. It oh, was, I think, yeah, that's yeah, early it, it was quite a beginner program. Like it yeah. wasn't something, you know, actually I didn't, we, we did most glute bridges rather than hip thrusts, but that's when I first got, you know, introduced to that kind of training. And then as he, you know, put out more, you know, content and more research, the hip thrust came out. And um, I mean, I've always, you know, I've always had glutes in the genetic sense, but I always have suffered with lower back pain. And I cannot tell you like, for the most part, I don't anymore. And that's because I've strengthened and built my glutes. And, you know, my, my, I used to always get pain in deadlifts, um, because of that lower back and the weakness there. And since it, you know, I spent a good year, like last three years ago, uh, mm -hmm. I spent a good year focusing on just building, you know, the hip thrust, getting the strong in the hip thrust and my deadlifts are so much better. I yeah. don't have that same lower back pain. And, um, it's so interesting because even when I sprint and I'm, you know, I'm not a runner, I don't run in any way. I hate, I hate running, but I do enjoy sprinting. Um, and I do the occasional sprint as my cardio, like hit and kind of thing. And, um, I have so much power in, in my sprints and, and that what you said about building that strength be, and helping runners is, is just really fascinating. And then if you look at sprinters, they have pretty strong thighs. They have strong glutes uh, compared to like marathon runners, for example, who, who have very little muscle. So um, yeah, I mean, glute training, you know, I could just go back to that example of my client, Kate, who's just so excited about getting so strong and there's something so incredibly empowering about having strong hips and and being able to move better um not you know be able to pick things up and not be afraid that you're going to blow your back and and that's a big one yeah uh one of so this is this is one of those things that so here's the thing glutes are next hands in uh and one of the things that you can't over, you know, like uh, just completely disregarding when it comes down to glute training is that they look nice. There's, you know, nice glutes are a thing, right? Um, and that is also empowering because yeah. I remember, so I have one client. Uh, she's one of my first guys to play building, which, which is my company. Um, and she had been a hiker for so long, right? Um, and she also had a couple of uh, metal replacements in her, I think one of them was from her knee, the other one was in her heel. So the problem with having a metal replacement, the ones that know what that is like, is that at least in Virginia or anywhere in the world, if it's raining or anything like that, the pressure in the air is going to, or the pressure is going to change. Now, the, there's a difference between the change of density in your bone and the change of density in the metal which means that you have something inside your leg expanding at a different rate, right? So that, that's painful. Can't even walk or anything. So, and she was a hiker. So we started glute training and things like that. She, you know, she had some equipment at home, so we just made it work, that kind of stuff. And she was also a Pilates instructor. So I remember, I think I posted this on Instagram at some point this year, is that she, uh, she sent me a text one day and she realized that she could do some of the most complicated movements that she couldn't even begin before 
-hmm. because she had been training her glutes and she was so stronger now, which was, as you probably know, is one of the best decks, if not the best decks you can get ever as a coach, right? Because I, I was very, very happy for her. But one of the things that surprised me was that, uh, again, her hips were strong, we're working on this thing and we're getting her glutes strong, but she had never had glutes. She had never had, like she had never trained them in a way that, one of the one of the nice things that happens when you are a beginner is that you have what we call newbie gains, which is yeah. uh, you just just the stress and the novelty more than anything that your body goes through allows you for that for that muscle growth to kind of be a little a little fast up. And that's one of the reasons, honestly, later on that it could be a little negative because we expect that rate of growth to kind of keep yes. steady. And no, we get to we get to a point where like you can't now it's, it's gonna slow down, right? So. But uh, besides that, but she was in her 40s, right? And she had been a hiker her whole life and she had never had glutes. And then she was like, she sends me a text one time. She was like, I just threw uh, my last pair of mom jeans and uh, I lost 20 pounds. And I have not only a butt, but I have a very nice butt. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And that is like one of the happiest things ever because it's a per it's a woman that understands that she, I mean, I will always be complete. I'll, I'll, I don't think I'll ever change my mind on this. The work that my clients do, the work any client does is 100% their win. I don't have, I am just maybe a 1% is mine. I'm just there watching and, and seeing them grow like in so many beautiful ways. Uh, but when they when i when i tell them that uh they realize that they have put so much work into that that is something they built from from inside out mm -hmm. right and that and seeing that confidence from someone that you know either felt insecure or didn't feel that great to see that oh look at that that's that's nice and it's all mine and i made it happen you know not only through hard work and all that but also through the tiny things that people don't really like really care about, which is, you know, sleeping, recovery, mm -hmm. watching your stress levels, going to bed on time. That stuff is extremely powerful. And you know that I'm all about that too. Uh, but she realized that first of all, she had hard work and it was paying off and it encouraged her to even work harder mm -hmm. in her training. Mm -hmm. Second thing is that it taught her by, again, not by my coaching, but by her own experience that she could trust herself and she could do harder things and that those harder things will take time. Yeah. Right. Yes. So it's, it's like a double, triple, five times win. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's so important, you know, be kind of just at the beginning, I think a lot of new lifters, um, you know, because they see these newbie gains, they get excited, which is, you know, amazing. And, and I, I'm all for that, but it's important to realize that this is the, like, this is a lifelong journey. It's not, you know, muscle building in general takes a fucking long time. Um, and, and, you know, definitely more so in women than men in general, especially if you're not, you know, using some help, you know, in that department. Um, right. But I want to talk a little bit about, you know, that whole idea of it takes time because I think so many people, I mean, I'm, I'm a coach, but I still, I'm the same. Like I'm, yeah. I still go through the same struggles that my clients do. Um, and it's that, that thing I want it and I want it now. And, you know, it has to happen quickly. Um, and I think that's where people kind of, you, you have the two, two different camps, the camps that, you know, they, they see things being extremely slow progress and they don't see it through and they don't fall in love with the process. They just want, it's like a means to an end. Yeah. Um, they're usually the ones that quit. They're the ones that stop. And then you've got the ones that they fall in love with the process. They fall in love with the journey. They enjoy what they're doing and they, they start celebrating the small wins, you know, as they happen. And, you know, they, they are far few, few and far between as we get more and more stronger, but in general, how would you approach 
this 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 whole topic uh, how do you approach so, your clients like progress and tracking progress and measuring strength goals and such so so first of all uh, one thing so one of the one of the things that i've always been passionate about especially as an immigrant in the u.s um i've always been passionate about communication and social behavior and how it's a it's an inherent part of our humanity so as when somebody and, and that's probably the question that i i have gotten if probably the most oh i'm not sure i would have to like make a note or something like that uh, but the question of like, okay, you just told me I got a client of yours, I mean mine, that had a great success. How long did it took her? You know, how long did it take her? And I'm like, I could tell you, but like, why does that even matter? Right? It's almost one of the first questions. And how long did it take her? And how long did it take her to do Okay, so I could tell you the time. And if I tell you, if I told you three months, then you're going to be super pumped because you could go like, okay, great. But if at the end of three months, you don't know exactly like her, then you're going to be discouraged. So um, the first thing that I say when people tell me, normally we just get to this conversation of like, so you want things fast. You want them. Now. I tell them that makes a lot of sense. Who wouldn't want things now? Who wouldn't want things fast? Who wouldn't want good things fast today? Uh, that's one of the things that, um, that Molly Galbraith from uh, Girls Gone Strong talks about um, in the sense that she says that you don't have to wait to have a body or to have a uh, or to have certain amount of anything, uh, either in your waist or your glutes or anything like that, uh, to love yourself, right? You don't have to wait to have to hit a number in the scale to, uh, to appreciate your body as it is. So one of the things that I uh, that I that I tell them is, yeah, I wish I could, you know, like we could get all these things, uh, you know, like right away, you know. Uh, uh, unfortunately, there's a time element, but also fortunately, there's a time element. Uh, so you don't. I told them you don't have to be patient in any part of this process. It just works a lot, a whole lot better if you are. Like you don't have, it's the same time when like, you know, when, 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 uh, when, and, and you get this probably a lot too. Uh, when people ask us, you know, like um, when we tell them, Hey, it's going to, it's going to take at least 90 days for you to kind of uh, get to a goal somewhat around what you're thinking about. And they're like, most people can't imagine 90 days from now on, but here's the deal. It still arrives, you know, it's still with 90 days, you know, you and I, I don't know if you, but I have been plenty of times thinking in January or March or something like that. And like, yeah, I had to do this. I, I'm going to try to change my diet. I'm going to try to, when I wasn't in the fitness industry yet. And I'm like, oh, but that's 90 days. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. And then the next thing I thought, I was like, it's 90 days already. So I could have just done something mm. and the time is still going to pass, right? And it still get closer, right? Yeah. Um, to where I was, where, where I wanted to be. And so the first thing I do is I sympathize with them and I tell them, I wish things will, will happen fast, but also this is not going to happen because of your two sessions that you have in the gym or because of the pre-workout that you take or because of the protein powder that you take. It's going to happen mostly because you're going to slowly build habits that are the easiest for you to, to adapt to your, to your lifestyle and the most sustainable and, and, and they're going to become the most sustainable. That way, it's going to be so easy for you to stay in shape that you don't really have to completely exhaust yourself all the time. Like right now, I could or I could not go to the gym. Today, I actually considered not going to the gym because it was still raining. Yeah. Um, and I think that for for anybody, woman or man, to be to be uh, in a place where like that, like going not going to the gym or uh, or even like they call it cheating, but I still, you know, have ice cream or here and there. I'm, I'm still losing weight, but I'm still having ice cream and pizza, you know, um, for someone to not have anxiety over that, it takes a while. And that time you want to use it to slowly get closer to building skills that are easy for you because those are skills once mastered are going to become habits. And once you have habits, your brain is always going to choose the path of least resistance, always, all the time. Yeah. 
and it's going to be a lot easier for you to just you know like keep stay stay consistent like people uh and something that i constantly speak against is that when people um uh, confused uh, fitness with willpower like we're not willpower machines we are habit built machines you know we don't think much of the choices that we don't make we just i don't know i don't know you but like when i wake up i just gonna brush my teeth and like i don't think like oh am i going to do that i'm not gonna i'm not choosing a tie i'm just doing what i do every single day you know we don't we don't really think much on the things that we we, we do during the day we just do them because they're like one of the easiest things that we got used to. So for your fitness process to be something that is easy and that is uh, um, uh, something that uh, is um, empowering you and getting you stronger and getting you closer to where you want to be, um, you want to make the process easy and you want to make sure that there's time that you can dedicate. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be one hour a day. Mm -hmm. It can be five minutes a day. Mm -hmm. As long as you're moving towards like some sense of consistency, then everybody has the capacity to do this. It's just that people feel either intimidated or scared or anxious about not looking exactly like that Instagram Photoshop, yeah. uh, you know, picture in 10 days. <laughs> and, uh, and nobody wants to hear that. I know so. it's so true that whole you know the the whole notion that you could get it it's it's kind of like you know I I you know my my coaching program is 90 days but like that's just like the bare minimum to to see yeah. sort of results right but it there's really no cap to how long you could be doing it and that's yeah. something that you know I find that I I've, I've I'm not really one to put out 20 day challenges, 28 day, eight week, things like that. Although you can keep repeating them and that's all good, you know, fun and games and stuff. But I do think that it's perpetuated, especially on social media, it's perpetuating the, the notion that you could get someone's, you know, whatever's before and after that you see there, you could get, you can get there in eight weeks. And um, it's, it's just so unrealistic. And I think, you know, I just draw on my own journey with my own strength training journey and building strength and you know it's it's taking me years and and sometimes my clients don't want don't want to hear that they're like what really no you're kidding me it's going to take me 10 years you know just because I've been in doing this for 10 years and it's like well you know the way I move I move because I've taken the time to build the those foundations that you were talking about earlier the way I, you know, and, and it's not going to like your, your body takes time to learn these skills. And I think a lot of us don't realize how much strength training and nutrition is a skill and it's, you know, skills take time to learn. And, yeah. you know, also we have to be willing to, to learn. We have to be willing to put in the time to actually be interested in learning and not just follow a program because it says, you know, do this, this many times a week and these many sets and reps, but like, why are we doing it? Like, what is the point? And, um, you know, you don't have to know the ins and outs of biomechanics to, to be interested yeah. in how it works, you know? Um, but without kind of going off on a tangent here, I think one thing is for certain is that, like you said, we are, definitely creatures of habit and building those those what we call now things that we do automatically subconsciously we need to throw we need to make sure that life like the fitness lifestyle becomes that like that part of who we are yeah and it's gonna it's gonna be effortless yeah and some, it doesn't mean some level. you have to become a bodybuilder you have to step on stage or you have to you know, compete in powerlifting. If you like, I, I love powerlifting, but I do not have any interest in actually competing. Like I've, right. I've never, I've not, I'm not a competitive person. Um, apart from maybe when you play pool or something, but generally right. I'm not competitive. And so for me, I've never wanted to enter competition, but love powerlifting. I spend a lot of time training in that style. And, um, but you know, you this this lifelong journey of fitness can look different for everyone. And like you said, it doesn't need to be an hour a day. It could just be, you know, a few movements. It's it's amazing if you just look at like the most basic movements, squats, 
deadlifts, pushing, pulling. If you just do like four exercises and just, you know, get stronger in those main. Yeah, and absolutely. You're exactly, and that's exactly right. Like sometimes, so one of the things that I sort of do in the pandemic, uh, probably a little, a little later after the lockdown here in Virginia, was that uh, I started working, like uh, going to people's homes to, to help them work out, right? So bringing my own equipment. Uh, but now one of the things I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, we go way back. So, you know, like uh, I, I asked him, you know, like, what would you, if I were to ask you, do you want to become a client of mine? Uh, what would you say? He's like, he just told me again, he's someone that I talked to plenty of times about strength training and he agrees with me and all that. But then he said like, I like machines. Like, okay, great. But you already know, we've known, we talked about this plenty of times. If you just don't want to do it, that's fine. But everything boils down to movement yeah everything is going in and the reason why doing you know body weight training in the home or i'm actually considering now because of how many people how many more people are actually going to my gym it just feels a little asphyxiating now especially because like some people are you know they're 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 not uh they don't have a mask on or they're Mm -hmm. vaccinated like all, all kinds of stuff so if i were to want to have some sort of life and see my friends and hear that uh, because I'm young, in my 30s, uh, I, I, I don't want to take any chance to pass anything to my friends, so I want to be extremely careful. But instead of that stress, I'm actually highly considering just working out at home. Because, and I find that for some people that works well, but for a lot of people, it's still that you have to go to a gym. Uh, yeah. To, yeah. I think, I think uh, one, of the, the, one of the things that Jonathan Goodman from the OTA was saying that had, I think, resonated with me a lot is that during the pandemic, he said like the, that the fitness industry was making some sort of shift mm-hmm. because people will realize that you don't really need that much mm-hmm. to train. It's just movement. Even if I have worked with people that just train at home and they get stronger and, and they don't really need much equipment because there's just so many variations of doing that. You can do uh, eccentrics. You can do pause reps you can do i mean you can do just so many versions of that yeah uh to grow muscle or just to remain active or to get it stronger that you don't really need to deadlift like 300 pounds or anything like that for your workout to be worthy the same way on the uh, the other side of the coin is the same way that your workout doesn't have to be doesn't have to leave you on the ground like you know gasping for air for your workout to be effective and i find that so much I, I don't know if maybe with men that I've trained before, especially younger ones, Mm. um, I have found that they also want to lift more. Mm. Uh, and I tell them, I don't care, (laughs) uh, because I I ask them what their goals are or I want to bench press this much. Okay, great. During your second week, I don't care how they keep telling me, okay, but are you sure you want me to, to, to lift this much? Because I can lift more more than like, I know you can. But if you want to build your strength, you have to progressively increase it in a fashion that makes sense. That's why you pay me the money, right? Um, but other than that, that's the most I've probably gotten for men. They always will to want to lift more or whatever it is, like in a completely disorganized, unplanned way. But yeah. with women, I have faced this, I want the intensity. I want to sweat. I want the cardio element, whatever, because... They, even though it's 2021 and these women are, you know, young, you know, 30s, 40s, whatnot, um, some people, including this woman, uh, still believe that the best way to burn belly fat is by doing HIIT training or intense cardio or or some sort of like CrossFit. And I don't do CrossFit. I'm sure there's, I am sure that it could be a, a good CrossFit program or coach out there if you really 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 find one try to find one i i am a little biased against crossfit because i know there's there's many more coaches that probably are not um they're not as careful and i don't know any so i can't really speak to that but uh but if but if people people were to ask me can we do crossfit training i'm like unfortunately that's not my that's not my my lane so you probably have to go to somebody else but they still want to do the high intensity because not because it may not give them results, but because 
there's a huge element that a lot of trainers actually disregard that I've seen is that you want your client to feel and to think that they are actually working towards their goal. You can tell them, you can tell them all, you can throw them all the education and PhDs and peer reviews and uh, meta studies, but if you don't actually get them involved into the process or at least open the conversation or invite them to the floor, they're already there, they're already with you. So you can do half C's, you can slowly increase your strength training, uh, chances are they're gonna fall in love with one of those exercises, right? But you can't just say, oh, that's just not gonna work or we're never gonna do it. But they, I have a client that she's been asking about like intensity training for two years now. And whenever we talked about her goals, she was like, yeah, I want to lose weight. I'm like, okay, how about we talk about nutrition? I don't want to talk about nutrition. I want to talk about intensity training for belly, uh, for belly fat burning. And that's the end of the story. And I was like, yeah, here and there information. The all question that. is, is that like the, the, what we need to kind of realize is that up until now to this point, she must have tried that kind of training and not lost belly fat obviously it doesn't work. <laughs> so right. doing things differently, it's hard to re-educate people. And you know what, Absolutely. I'm in the same camp. It took me a while to kind of understand it, but um, people just, women in general, they, like you said, chasing that sensation-based training where it's like, if I'm sweating, if I'm exhausted, if I'm panting, then I've done a good job. And if I'm, you know, my watch says I've burnt 450 calories, woohoo, you know, I, I really did a good job today. And it's, um, you know, it's just, it's so misleading and it doesn't get you anywhere because- It can also carry other like unhealthy relationships with their food because they feel like they may now earn their food. Oh my gosh, yes. yeah. Yeah, so oh it's like, oh yeah, no, I worked out. So I, I've heard this plenty of times. Oh yeah, no, I just worked out. So I'm going to have- an extra margarita and whatnot. And again, I'm not saying margaritas are bad. I am, I'm not saying, but it's, but it's the whole, I'm, I get I get so many statements of like, hey, I was bad today. Like, what do you mean bad? I had a cookie. I'm like, you probably needed that cookie. You had a very special <laughs> life. Uh, and it's like not understanding the food is in a spectrum, right? Of like, there's going to be a point that as a coach, I'm going to give you a cookie. Uh, I had one of my clients and she was a nurse uh, and for, uh, for the emergency room. And she told me that her previous trainer had kind of given her like some, had yelled at her in some way because she hadn't worked out that day when she was supposed to. And I'm like, you're a nurse. You, you had 14 hour shifts. I'm going to tell you to go to sleep. I'm going to tell you to work out. You, you, because the sleep is going to be better for you. So she was like, oh, so you're going to be the person that slaps the cookie out of my hand. I'm like, no, I'm probably going to give you one of my cookies <laughs> whenever you need it. And it, and it actually, once people and once women and once any person, any, any beautiful being that wants to get into strength training, um, regardless of their gender, um, what, understand that it's something that you slowly can, can approach and, and, and increase uh, and just like make part of your, your lifestyle in a way that makes sense, your body, as it gets healthier, it's going to talk to you so much more. Like I can't go one week or in some cases one day without having some veggies because I feel exhausted without, without them the next day. And I know, and I know, and, and my body tells me that I can technically eat all the junk food in the world, but I'm going to feel like crap the next day. So that's your body talking to you. Um, but once a client embraces the concept of like, there's no right or wrong, there's just like a lot of context. There's a whole lot of context. One of my clients, she's in South Carolina. She sent me a care package. Like one of, you don't know like the size, but probably this much um, filled with um, spicy chips. <laughs> and we have a love for that type of brand of spicy chips because it's like, we love eating them. And I know I'm going to, I'm going to be losing weight and eating those, not every day probably, uh, but I'm not going to be afraid of eating them, right? Uh, I'm not going to make them my, like 90% of my diet either, yeah. right? Because they're going to be crappy as, as nutrients for my body to get stronger and, uh, and, and, and fitter. But 
But at the same way, I'm not going to say, oh no, I can't completely eat that. And I've done that. So I want to, I'm still losing weight and I'm just happy to be where I am. And I'm happy to, uh, to, to appreciate my body for what it does and what it becomes uh, instead of what it looks like only. I love that. And I think that's, that's probably a great way to kind of end this is really to, to push our clients to really get that, that, that feeling of confidence and autonomy um, in their training so they can not just focus on how their body looks, but also how it performs and how you feel and move and what it can do, because really that's so empowering. And, um, and I love that. And I, I think that's, that's why we do what we do. And, um, you know, I, I do a lot of fat loss and I, and I just read recently, uh, Brett Contreras again, cause he's like the God of glutes, but he wrote, yeah, yeah. You know, he wrote on his, one of his posts and, you know, you listeners can freely go check him out on Instagram, the glute guy or, uh, Brett Contreras. He posted that strength training is fat loss training. And I love that because um, we're so women are so hyper focused on diet and you know eating as little as possible, doing tons and tons of cardio, not realizing that they're missing the forest from the trees. Because literally, strength training does not just change doesn't just change your 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 aesthetics; it changes everything, mind, body, soul. Um, in so many ways and and you only really understand it once you start doing it once you start like just seeing the benefits there's so much more than just like how you look and, and it, it does it does take a little bit of trust in yourself but I if anybody's listening and you're afraid of like trying any program um, honestly it give it an expiration date uh, you will be surprised at just trying something that you're just not used to Worst case scenario, you just learn what doesn't work for you. At the same time, that you get closer to what works for you inherently. So yeah, I mean, I I actually for the last for my bulking phase, which my massing phase, which was since last of December until last week, um, I was pleasantly surprised that I didn't include much upper body work, mm-hmm. and I still was able to grow chest uh, a little bit of back. Uh, and uh, my arms pretty much remained the same, but I actually grew my legs and I had never done that. And the one thing, one of the main things that I changed was I stopped training so many days and I concentrated on less days and changed my cycles. Instead of going two months for the same kind of workout, I just did one month and I just kept it fun and I kept it, kept, kept training. I mean, if you've seen the last two months of my training, I pretty much experimented with every type of hip thrust that has been. So, um, yeah, and that's, you know, if I hadn't dared to go like, I'm a guy, so technically the same way that girls could concentrate on lower body training, guys concentrate on upper body training, right? Yeah. On the burrito shape, right? So um, I let that go so I could learn more about my body. And it was not like a complete failure on my upper body either because my chest grew. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, Lewis, tell us, tell us, uh, well, tell tell everyone who's listening, where can they find you, and and do you have anything for them for glutes and what? Yes. So can- you can find me on Instagram at uh, Building Roots Strength. You can find my website at buildingrootsstrength.com, just like so. Um, I'm always open to any question and that's, that's what I kind of, I'm about. Um, if you have any questions about good training for literally anything, strength, power, hypertrophy and all that, um, because there's just so many, sometimes get to get the question of like, what do you think about this? And they'd send me an article or they send me a thought, yeah. uh, what do you think about this strength training? And I'd give them the, my, 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 uh, my opinion on that. So don't be afraid to ask. I'm always available on Instagram. Um, or you can just go to find, I mean, honestly, Instagram is the best way to connect with me mm-hmm. if you have a question or anything like that. But I always uh, try to concentrate of like, if you concentrate on the strength that you can build, you're literally building it from inside out and it's going to bleed in every single other part of your 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 life, everything 
part of, of, of your passions. So highly encouraged you to, to at least include a little variability in your training for glutes. Don't concentrate on only heavy squats. Yeah. You can do deadlifts, you can do hip throws, you can do bridges, you can do, oh, a lot of people don't do is rotation stuff, mm-hmm. you know, concentrate on your, your abductors or, or your hips. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions, I'm always there, but, uh, or you can just ask uh, uh, our host. <laughs> I'll and he also has all the answers. Um, you'll find the link in the show notes to um, Lewis's uh, social media channels and website. So thank you so much for, for coming. I have really enjoyed this conversation on strength training for women. And I would just like to thank everyone who's been listening in. And as usual, I hope you have a fantastic, fantastic day. And I will speak to you guys soon. All right.